Welcome to Detox with D-Rich, where we talk and learn from inspirational members of our community and beyond. Now, from the Little Apple in Manhattan, Kansas, a man that is more perspiration than inspiration, your host, Derek Richards. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to D Talks. Uh, this is my new podcast channel, um, and I'm I'm excited. Uh, my brother Bill gave me the idea to call it Detox. We're detoxing from your day. Hopefully, that you're you're listening to this, and this is going to be a nice, relaxing, energetic, fun detox from your busy day. And my special guest today is Esther Carpenter. And she is in the lab. This is her first time doing a podcast. Hey, Esther. Hi. You can. You're, you're doing very well so all right, far. All right. All right. <laughs> I was like, am I supposed to laugh yet? No. Uh. You're. <laughs> so we're just gonna sit back. We're just gonna dive in. I'm gonna ask some questions, and we're gonna kind of get to know you a little bit better. That's kind of the point. We want to make sure that this time is your time. We can highlight Esther, and. Um, my main reason is that Esther's on the podcast today because I want to make a moment for Esther as she is transitioning to a, a new career, possibly a new chapter in life, the real estate game. Ooh, ooh. Are you excited? <laughs> I am excited. I'm so excited. That's cool. And I, I, you know, I do these broker breaks sometimes they are just like a minute long on Facebook, and I just would rather have more of a longer chat about you know, who you are, because, you know, people go on websites and say, hey, who's who's this person on the website? I want to I want to kind of get to know them or have a better sense. And I think podcast is just the best way. I love podcasts. So this is this is what I like to do. Um, so cool. So let me let me stop talking for a second and kind of get into, you know, who are you, Esther? Where are you <laughs> from? Um can you can you give us the the life story and and maybe yeah. and maybe that's oh. all we talk about today? Oh, There's no expectations. Yeah. So um, the life story. I am a mom, right? Um, I would say first and foremost, and I'm a wife. Um, I uh, my family. My dad's originally from Manhattan, so a long time ago. <laughs> so so are his folks from Manhattan? Yeah, I'm, um, he grew up in Manhattan. He graduated class in 1955, Manhattan High. That's so interesting because my grandparents are from Manhattan. Okay. So I don't know. We might we might need a Bill Richards <laughs> out there. He might know my grandpa, Bill Richards, Maybe. and he was a golfer too. I don't okay. know. No, my so that side of my family is not the golf. That's gotcha. Anthony's side is like golf, right? All day. Yep. All like, day for life. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe too much, Anthony. <laughs> no. no, I love it. Um, yeah, so um, my military brat, both my parents were in the Navy, and uh, so... We don't hear that much around here. Right. We hear Army. Army, yeah. Yeah. My dad left after like a little bit at K-State and went into the Navy, and then um, down the road through the Navy, met my mom, and um, you know, actually traveled around with her for her 20 years in. Okay. She retired as a, a Navy officer, and um, we were in D.C. when she retired. I went to Virginia Tech for a year. Okay. And then they decided, hey, you know, it was always a plan for them to move back here. Family land on Tuttle Creek. Um, my dad's side is 
down the road there. Carnahan is um, like my dad's mom's side. Really? Okay. So yeah. So um, I have deep roots, Derek. Yeah. Like, deep roots here. <laughs> so. But yeah. so where else did you live as a child? I mean, I mean, all over the place, oh, or? Man. Yeah. Um, I was born in Italy. Um, okay. We left quickly after that. Uh, probably like a year there, and I moved all over. I was in Mississippi. I was in Pensacola, Florida. We lived in Monterey, California. Um, Which one was your favorite? Oh, the one I left out, Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, we lived in Puerto Rico for three years. Nice. So that was that was awesome. Um, actually, just recently, gosh, was it two years ago, three years ago, um, family, family, friends, we took a big trip, 16 of us, and went to Puerto Rico, and so I kind of got to go, like, feel it again, because it was, it was absolutely my most favorite place to be. Mm-hmm. It was, like, in my mind, it still is, in my mind, like, what freedom is, like, just being a kid and being at the beach and just live, every day is summer. Yeah. Um, so. I w- we got to, we got to visit there one time, and uh, love it. You don't have to have a passport, obviously, yes. just to get to Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. And the, the the signs, you drive just like you're in America. So it feels, you know, yeah. all that. But then, of course, the culture is completely But then it feels like yeah. a foreign country. Yeah, you're in your... it, Yeah, it's a territory. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Ponce, I think, was one of the, okay. the cities that we spent some time in. And uh, that was really cool. They have a, a big mansion in the city that is, like, kind of the staple. Like, somebody who obviously made rum over there, made a lot uh-huh. of money and they built this gigantic mansion over there <laughs> that you can tour and it's really, it's really funny. That. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, San Juan, of course, mm-hmm. great city to hang out. Um, yeah. You need to go back. I know. I want to go back again. Uh, kids ask all the time. They ac- absolutely loved it. So did you Just pick up any it. other languages while you were traveling? Um, well, How many languages do you speak? <laughs> um, one, not well. That's how many I speak. <laughs> uh, no, uh, well, when I was in Puerto Rico, we had um, Spanish class. There were kids who I was on base um, when I went to school, so it's like you know elementary school time frame, and um, so we had Spanish class and English class, and so it was like across like people who the kids who spoke more Spanish than English spent more time in the English class, and the kids who spoke more English than Spanish spent more time in. I mean. You know, to a certain degree, learning Spanish. So, um, so have you ever I tried to really, pick it, pick I was it back really up? Good at one point, like I actually could speak <laughs> Spanish fairly well when I was a kid. But uh-huh. you know, it fades when you don't. And then in high school, I took Spanish. But yeah, I wish, I wish, you know, that I kind of just hung on to that. But so, was high school? Was that one high school that you were in, or did you move yeah, around? Yeah, um, outside of Washington D.C. Okay, in, on the Virginia side is where we we lived. And um, luckily, my mom took. Gosh three different tours so she was able to stay in that area so after elementary school I really got to spend all my high school in northern Virginia mm-hmm. um, at Springfield Burke area so Fairfax County whoop, whoop. So. is it is it difficult moving that much I'm, I don't I have no concept of that yeah, so I mean um, do you just develop maybe a thicker skin of like I liked it okay I did a lot of life experience I liked I liked fresh starts and um, I, I I say liked because it's kind of like I I got over it mm-hmm. living here in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to uh, you know when I got my first first job first career I wanted to I thought I'm gonna get with this big company and I'm gonna move all around with them because that's what I do and I'm tired of being in one place. I've yep. been here a long time already, mm-hmm. like three 
four years in a place and I start feeling like I got to go. Yeah. Um, but what's really interesting about that is that, um, well, obviously I married, uh, married someone who was basically from Manhattan. He Uh wasn't born here, but from here. And he really has, um, through him and understanding what it's like to be connected to a community Mm -hmm. has changed how I feel about it. Like it until, you know, I'd say a couple years in married, I was still ready. Let's go, let's go to Denver. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, you know? Um, but then now that, um, Anthony has really uh, taught me what it, what it's like to be involved and ingrained in, I don't want to say people's lives, but being a military child, you don't grow up that way. Interesting. You're going to, you're going to break, not break friendships, but you may never see people again mm-hmm. and you're, you just got to like be able to move on and right. start fresh and it's awesome and then enjoy that process. So that's how I kind of, you know, my MO was. And so, um, but now I just, it's, it's different. And I, um, I, and that's one of the things, you know, I don't want to like totally transition off this, but as one of the reasons why I wanted to do this yeah. is because, um, I had always had a corporate career uh, where what I was doing was not directly involved in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't working with local people. I wasn't, I was when I was engaged in the community a ton. I we have been, um, you know, with country club and golf and, um, the kids sports and, and school and all that. Um, but I wasn't able, none of that was what I did. It was like a separate line for what I was doing for a living and nobody had any idea, mm-hmm. generally speaking, because it was all like in another city or I was working with other people um, or just you know, on the corporate side. But, you know, I spent the last seven years um, consulting for tele- telecommunications company and and working with privately owned, their privately owned agents and setting one on one. And I made all these relationships, but nothing local. And is so, this in an office or just cool. at, or just from your home? Like before? No, yeah, your your previous job. Yeah, um, it was basically from from home. Um, I I would hop around the back of um, you know cell phone stores <laughs> uh-huh. because that's where um, where they were located. But yeah, I would go and meet with the, the agent owners and um, sit down and and really, my job was to help them create a ninety day plan that was going to increase their bottom line from marketing to um, you know, maybe it was sales trainings I was going to do, or, or we're going to work together with it, but to come up with a plan, um, that mutual action plan that was going to move them forward in the next 90 days. Interesting. Um, so I love that. I actually really, really loved it. Yeah. Um, things change. COVID what if people changes. don't take your advice? Do you love that? <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is that I was considered a consultant, but they didn't hire me as a consultant. So okay. I had this interesting, um, conundrum dynamic I don't know what you want to call it mm-hmm. that um you know I worked for the the um the corporation that they were an agent for and I was basically um kind of like an area manager but I w- but they didn't have to listen to me so um that was it was interesting you but just, I liked it you just it. gave good sound advice yeah yeah good sound advice and and I was involved in um if they wanted to roll out something something new I was there extra hand as a sales trainer I was um observation I did observations and gave feedback we made a 90-day plan for them and me and and you know set goals so that as a small business owner you don't often have somebody who's going to sit down with you right and good point you know look at your business from the outside and you know like how we've talked before um working um on your business instead of in your business Mm -hmm. and that's what that time was for 
So let's but let's anyway. go a little bit. No, it's this is good. I'm 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 actually curious in kind of your work history. So what you know, I mean, you so Virginia Tech to to Manhattan to K State. Uh huh. Yep. Virginia Tech, K State. I was actually apparel and textile design and marketing at uh, uh, Virginia Tech. And then when um, I transferred here, I was like, What am I going to do with that? Yeah. What uh, are you going to do about that? Because I because I had this big like I'm going to go to New York. I'm gonna, <laughs> you know that stuff. Um, and so then I um, I actually switched majors when I came here to. Um, journalism and mass comm okay and with an advertising degree or advertising concentration so ad sale ad marketing um advertising um mass comm was basically what i got my degree in okay um a less businessy version of a marketing degree (laughs) so and and so after k-state did you jump into the verizon business or no um i was I went straight to ad sales. Okay. So I worked for a company. Um, people may not even know what these are anymore. Um, phone book company. Oh. So, yeah. So I was an outside. The yellow book? Outside, so I was a yellow book. Yep. Okay. I worked for yellow book. Which is um, now something else. What is yellow book? I think it's Haibu. Haibu. That's yeah. right. Yep. And it's kind of more online. Right. Things have changed, of course. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I did that and that, that was... That was an experience. In what way? Um, good or bad? Good. I mean, good character building, life life and career building. Were you knocking on doors? Oh, yeah. That's all I did. I think. Literally. I think day. that is like, if I could convince my kids that there's, there's, a, there's a good training for them, it's trying to knock on someone's oh door all day, every day for... Yeah you know, a summer or a season or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It's yeah. And especially it, you know, it was kind of a, a, a dwindling, even at that time, you know, this would have been 2001. Come on. There's gotta be some good stories. What are the, what, what was the worst door knock situation? Well, I wasn't residential, right? So that's good. I oh, that's good. Yeah, oh, I was, great. I was knocking on I was thinking, like, yeah. people's houses. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's, possible like the people who sell the books or uh-huh. actually hired i when i became a sales manager for yellow book i d- definitely hired um people who had that experience of selling the books yep the college kids and stuff yeah it's actually perfect um, my mentor in kansas city he uh he he was in the uh the the, the books the uh for school kids i think that that sort of mm-hmm. knocking yeah. and he he told me is like it's just the best training ground there is oh yeah i mean you say you've done that for a summer, then you can walk you could, into businesses. Yeah, that's <laughs> no right. <problem. laughs> so, yeah. Well, so, uh, any story, the only thing I can think of that's like um, maybe oh, there's all sorts of stories. But <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, what am I going to share here? <laughs> Which one? The Which one, one do you want to divulge? I think where I started learning. Um, yeah. Well, I walked into a. You know, you, you had your zones. So, like, this certain area was mine and not any of my peers. Sure. We had a team. Mm-hmm. We canvassed an area. Yeah. And um, so I'm like, oh, wow, I've got, like, a, I've got a, a business uh, building. So I've got lots of doors in here. Mm-hmm. It's so, so much better than walking and then, you know, driving up to the next one and get walking in and drive up to the next one. I'm going to be able to knock them all down. Uh-huh. And it says no soliciting on 
the door. Well, you're not soliciting. You're just no. you're just going in w- to meet people and just you know see what's going on in there. Exactly. You know, <laughs> uh, that's what I said. Um, so, um, I, I I never listen to no solicit. It's on every door. I mean, like <laughs> you can't go in anywhere. Um, but I work for the phone book. Uh huh. They have to update their listings. Yeah. They need to make sure it's correct. You uh-huh. know? That's kind of the, that's what I'm doing. That's mm-hmm. why I'm here. You know, and it helps you a little bit. Um, but I wanted to get into the attorneys uh-huh. because attorneys. They buy, make money. Make a lot of money and they, they buy big ads. They buy. Oh, so were you paid on commission? Like for how much you sold? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Part, I well, mean, partly. Yes. Partly, yeah, I had okay. a small, small to most people, but as a college student, it was amazing base salary. I think it was like $18,000. Okay. Awesome. Huge. But for it was. That will pay for a like, Friday night at drinks. Yes. Yeah. At least for you and a friend. That was my, I think that was my base, but it was awesome. And it's, and, um, I was happy for that uh-huh. <laughs> that at the time, not knowing what I could actually spend in a month, um, you know, living a life. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I walked up and I'm like, I'm going to go get the back cover. I'm going to do this, you know, because that's like big commission paycheck and um, walked up there and had all these plans I had prepared, actually had looked at it on the, saw that I had that lead did all my pre-work like this is what I'm going to show them. This is what all the numbers. Here's my presentation. They can't say no. They can't say no. They can't say no to this. It was amazing. I did so much work for it. Um, <laughs> and then I walked in literally as soon as I opened my mouth, someone from behind the gatekeeper's desk. So not the gatekeeper female, wonderful person there. Somebody else walked from behind there, told me, did you not see the sign? no soliciting and i explained oh no no i'm just here because of took me i might need some legal advice i might need some legal advice especially in this situation i might need some client (laughs) yeah no took me by the shoulders when i was you know giving my rebuttals oh took me by the shoulders oh nicely okay but by the shoulders and walked me to the elevator Uh uh-huh and saw that i elevator shut before they stopped looking at me. <laughs> so, I mean, like maybe there could have been worse. I didn't get like pushed or anything like kicked out like a bouncer, but like that was enough for me at That's like 22 to be like, <gasps> what am I going to do? You know, go back in my car and like shake for a little while. So he touched my it was shoulders. A lot. It was a lot to have somebody walk you out while your shoulders like, uh, it's like the, the ear, you know, as a oh, yeah. class. So, uh, I mean, that's not that exciting, but it was, it was, um, it taught me a lot of perseverance. It taught me to be like, everyone's just another human. Like we shouldn't be so worried about having conversations with anybody, you know? I've so. been thinking about this recently. And I think, uh, this also came up in the last podcast is this idea of, am I fragile? And I think, in so many ways, I am a very fragile person because I look at the situation that you went through and it would, it probably hurt me. It'd break me in some sort of way, you know? And, and, but, but the point is I need to be pushed, right? We need to be putting ourselves in situations where, Mm, you know, it could, it could go well. It also could go another way. And how am I going to, am I fragile where I can, or am I, am I tough enough where I can Mm -hmm. actually withstand rejection well that's growth yeah that's right that's if something's if it feels uncomfortable like this right now right (laughs) 
<laughs> um, no, it's growth. It's you're feeling the growing pains of what's to come. I mean, like what's. And you're getting into you're 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 transitioning from a salary position mm-hmm. into a commissions position, yeah. Which is for some people can be extremely scary, mm-hmm. and yes. um, there's the fear of is it going to work or is it not going to work. But if you've been through a few rounds of you know rejection, you mm-hmm. understand the process that the work can usually just look the same. I just go to the office, I do my job. Yeah. The results will take care of themselves. Yeah. Um, but for some people, it's really hard when it when it when it falls on. I, I don't know what to do if I am rejected. Yeah. I would rather be with a job that gives me this. I I'm secure. Mm-hmm. I have the perception of being secure. You could always get fired, but um, I I think it's important for all of us to kind of go through these trials in life. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. Little no, soapbox. I agree with that. I, I totally agree with that. And it's, it, that's actually a really good perspective for me to think about then and now, right? Like you I went ha- through some stuff. I went through that. And then from there, you know, I w- worked in, um, for us cellular in telecommunication, you know, telecom. How long were you there? Seven years, Okay. seven at both. Uh-huh. And then in the middle I've had, I had a third baby, stayed home in photography for a couple of years mm-hmm. and then went into the next career. Your kids um, are great. You got some thanks. great kids. I think so. I think that they're amazing. So, And, and, a, and a heck of does. a basketball player. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Will enjoys uh, shooting the hoops, doesn't he? He loves it. He really does. He Is he one of those kids that you just can't take the basketball away from him mm-hmm. or the thinking about basketball away from him? Yeah. That and the would you rather's. <laughs> Does he have some zinc? good would you rather's? It's like the two things that could happen <laughs> randomly in the house is you hear a basketball right next to your head bouncing in the house uh-huh. or so would you rather and I'm like what? Like both of those things could randomly happen at any moment. It could be dining table. It could be in the middle of watching a movie like with the family. We're all quiet. Would you rather last night actually we're watching Nailed It. What was I don't it? Know why we Do you remember it? it? Yes. <laughs> Would you rather never, because we're going to um, Disney. Uh-huh. And he's so excited. He's like super excited. We went five years ago. It's, you know, we, it, we've been building. We're supposed to go last summer. We didn't go because COVID. Um, but he says, in the middle of us all watching TV together for like 20 minutes is all we had. He says, Would you rather end COVID forever? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay. And, and never get to go to Disney again. <laughs> or or millions of people get to die. Go to Disney. But I get to go to Disney. I think it was like yeah, it was something. <laughs> the other side was like real, like what? Uh, yeah, I'm I can't not into, go to Disney. Yeah, it was like or get to go to. I, I wish I remember exactly what it was, but it was like or go to Disney, um, and like unlimited kind of thing. Yeah. Like never, no lines. Anytime you want to go and and. Like I, I didn't even, I should have entertained it and like been like, bud, come on. Anthony was like, uh, in COVID. And then he went back to watching TV and I was just like, that's, that's very strange. Do you know I used to work for Disney? (laughs) Yes. 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 I lived, I lived the Disney life. I lived the, uh. Anthony told us all about it when we were going last time. He was like the underground. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Magic Kingdom. Yeah. As you've probably have guessed, if you have Disney plus, Disney plus has a fantastic series on it. It's called, um, oh, what's it called? I think it is Imagineers. 
I think it might oh, be Imagineering, yes. which, which goes through the history of Imagineering. So if you if you are, so I did the college internship, and if you are so going cool. to the college internship, you're going to find people that are like, I'm here for Imagineering, engineering for Disney, mm-hmm. yeah, creative. They build all the all the themes, all the roller coasters, all the you know all the all the events. That is like you are the highest. Uh, you're basically you think you're Walt Disney. You're like, you're going to this land where I just get to create for my job. Like so many people go to do that. It's very, very difficult to get in. It's really hard. Um, but so yeah, so Imagineering, so get on Disney plus and it takes you through the history of Disney, how it, how it grew and how it, you know, how it did have some really big troubles and, and when some parks worked, some parks didn't work. Um, I, you know, I only worked there for two months during the summer internship program, but man, I I loved it. One of my favorite things I ever did, and I was lucky because they don't have a sun, summer internship program anymore. Now they figured out they were like, you need if we're going to train these kids and bring them in and train them, we're going to keep them for at least six to eight months mm. because that's what they were doing. They were like training us for two months, and then we would go back to our 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 colleges, oh, yeah. right? Um, and I had some roommates that stayed. And, uh, man, we had so much fun. That was really fun. That was a really fun, but to, to, to give you perspective, I tell everybody this, this is, so what I did all day was I showed people where the bathroom was because I worked underneath, if you've been to magic kingdom underneath the, uh, railroad station. Okay. So it doesn't have lockers anymore, but it used to have lockers and this is back in 2000. So this is 20 years ago. Um, and all I did all day long was outside to the left on the right side of City Hall, outside to the left on the right side of City Hall, outside to the left on the right side of City Hall, outside to the left. And oh I did that. I, we would, we would, for fun, in an eight-hour work shift, we would always, you know, have a clicker and be like, let's see, let's see how many times. I mean, we'd say it two to 300 times. Oh my God. I mean, you're just constantly saying it. I mean, people, because did you of. Did like, keep it like a sign? We wanted, well, <laughs> that was the problem, is because of theming. Because Disney is everything has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And if you had a big sign that said bathrooms aren't here, for some reason they thought that was not a good experience for the guests. So mm. no, it's it was just part of the... And, and, and then it, the interaction wouldn't be there and they want you to interact. Right? Sort of. I Maybe. I, it just... <laughs> if you think of a structure, you think of... And you just think of bathrooms are just going to be in there. It just... It was one of those things, of way, the way they yeah. built the park that you just would walk in there going... This has got to be where the restrooms are, and that's and it's, all, and, and it's not, and that's all we did all day. We really we wanted to paint a yellow line on the ground to be like just follow the yellow line, be, and they wouldn't do that. Um, but man, I had so many good stories, so many good stories. Almost met Michael Jackson, didn't, but my roommate did, and that's a whole other story. Big oh, Michael man. Jackson fan, but um, so not anymore. Uh, apparently. Uh, oh. Writing was on the wall, though. Anyways, back to you. Um, <laughs> no. So you don't want to share anything about like cr- anything crazy? Have you have you had a podcast where you talked about Disney? And no, we haven't talked about Disney yet. Oh. Um, okay, all right. You got a so, better story than being walked out. Of so somewhere. the coolest part about my job was I got so I sold lockers, which means I stayed late. So I every night of my job I got to walk down Main Street empty. I'm the only one in the park. It is, I mean, I get chills thinking about it right now. Like, it's one of the most magical, you, you gotta, th- like, I'm a theater yeah. guy. Like, I, I went to K-State to do acting. So, like, I'm, like, immersed in, like, 
Disney heaven when I'm every night I'm walking down and it doesn't shut down. So when the, when the park never shuts down because the park is 24 seven. So as soon as, so as soon as I go to drop off the money from my cash register, um, then the cleaners come in and they clean. Mm. I mean, I mean, there's so much work that goes on to that park. I mean, they are cleaning the entire night to get ready for the next day. I mean, it never stops. Um, but there'd be that magical time, you know, all the twinkling lights, all the music, it was just fantastic. So anyways, to get to where I needed to go, there was actually a secret door in the castle. So I always chose, I could go different routes, but I always chose that one because that was the fun. That was the most fun to go yeah. in because there's an elevator. And so the elevator is connected to the restaurant, uh, Cinderella's castle. Are you giving away something? No, 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 okay. no, okay. no, no. I mean, you don't want to be in trouble. No, 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 okay. no. There's, there's, uh, yeah, there's, that's, that's really cool. Uh, so you would open this door take the elevator down. Well, I decided that night that I was like, let's just see if I press up. Let's see where I go. So I totally would have done that. I would have. Yeah. I was like, I'm dumb kid. I don't know. I'm figure, figure this. I want to explore this thing. So I hit the top floor and then we stop. And then the security guard walks into the elevator and he goes, where are you guys going? And we we're like, I, I was like, I don't know. I'm, I just pressed some buttons. I'm, I apologize. And he goes, Oh, you want to go upstairs? And I was like, For sure, I'll love. Yeah. So he takes us upstairs. So I don't know. You know how Tinker Bell flies every night. Mm-hmm. So that's where we go. We enter into Tinker Bell's dressing room, which is famously known for like this is where Walt Disney took <sighs> like anybody that you know all the bad things he did all the you know if he was showing people around this is where they went it's just a little tiny room Mm. and um so it was just really cool and we got to be on the castle that night so you're on top of the castle which is it's it's kind of unique because they don't allow people to like have that view it's very important that nowhere ever gets a a view of Magic Kingdom where you can actually see like the outside gates, like the perimeter. They want to make oh. sure every guest it, they design the yeah they they design the space so you never see the outside. That's why that's a big part why like other parks don't work like California and mm. other Disneyland areas because when you see the real world and you're in Disney World or Disneyland, it doesn't work. So. Mm. That's so interesting. I didn't realize that, but yeah. Like. Uh, we were so jazzed. We were so excited. That was one of the most magical, like Disney, they call those magic fairy dust moments that you get. So yeah, that was my, that was my so Disney cool. story. That's so cool. Um, Very cool. Yeah. What are we, so we're going to Disney too. Have you, have you researched, is it masked up or are we going to have to wear masks or the last social time distance? I, looked, I think things change all the time. You know, like we were watching it really close last year because we had already had the plan and we're just waiting to figure out when, if we were going to move it, if we we're going to be able to buy tickets. And, um, but yeah, last time I looked, it's, it's masked up, um, because Florida hasn't gone, have they? No, Florida's completely yeah. open. I thought it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I need to look at it. Florida's open, but I don't know if Disney's open. Yeah. So that might be I, I different. Guess I'm, in my mind, I'm just like, there's no way that we won't wear masks. You know, like, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I would love to not, you know, yeah, worry and I, about that. But. I think my, Emily, my sister-in-law said that they, um, it's also like certain capacity, like the capacity's yes. down too. Yeah. Well, h- did you make your reservations yet? I don't know. Okay. So it's different. <laughs> it's different now. You have to, you not only buy a ticket, but then you have to like reserve 
which parks you're going on which days and uh-huh. it can vary and stuff but that's how they're limiting like the numbers okay so i think it's gonna be cool actually like i am over oh, yeah. worried about i'm i'm not i guess i'm like not gonna set expectations about masks because i don't want i'll be pleasantly surprised if that if it's gone oh yeah a but park with like, like smaller lines yeah that's the yeah. best experience possible yes so i think it's gonna be awesome just to have fewer people in the middle of like prime time uh-huh. may you know, like yeah. where everybody is going to going there. So we have our, you know, kind of our set places we're supposed to be at certain times, but it somehow it's set, but then like you can change it, but it just keeps the capacity levels. Do you ever get dry. to do the, th- have you done the theming restaurants yet? Have you, have you ever re- hmm. reserved one? No. I would highly suggest that. Really? that. Those are some of the, they're called character restaurants where the okay. character is like, so Crystal Palace, you'll get the uh, Winnie Pooh crowd. So and they'll just as you eat as you eat your meal. Yes, okay. They come they come to your table. We had Goofy come to our table somewhere yeah. before. So yeah, yes. exactly. It was fun. Cinderella's like Castle. That. We got to make get... sure we at least get one of those in. Yeah, even they're though our so kids fun. are older, it's just fun. Oh, whatever. <laughs> get over it, Will. You're in Disney. Have fun. He he's he's actually I think the most excited of the three. The oldest is the most excited. You know. Yeah. Ben's up turning ten on Monday. Crazy. Um, our baby. And then Claire's 11 and Will's 13. And like, he's the one who's like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. I like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. Like, I'm really surprised, you know, like the oldest. Yeah. So I'm glad you just don't, you don't get too old for Disney for sure. Well, speaking of Ben, I think it's important. Oh. This is a big part of your life. Yes. What's going on with Ben? <laughs> I'm like, uh. You can explain it. Yeah. Um. So our baby boy last in the middle of COVID um, added some extra 2020 craziness to mm-hmm. our lives and his his little life. And um, he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes um, in July 9th, 2020. And um, it was just an absolute shock. I mean, yeah. it was... It was a blow. It was, it was like on top. I mean, it was already crazy. Like life was crazy in, at, at that time. Still, you know, not normal yet, but it was crazy. Um, and then we were just um, hit with something, in, complete, you know, life changing yeah. for him. Um, it, and um, we, had, we really had no idea, as most people, I think, um, what type 1 diabetes is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, explain. That's diabetes. what I'm. Yeah, yeah. so explain Sorry, it to I'm me. T- no, it's good. Like, what? Yeah. So, what is he? Str- um, what is that for a child? Struggle monitoring. Yeah. Um. So it is every second of the day. Wow. Every. Like I'm actually, he's been doing. I say he's been doing well. His diabetes control has been really well. You haven't heard anything beeping. I didn't even think about turning my phone. Yeah. <laughs> Silencing it. So Esther has her cell phone and it has a monitoring app. App, yeah. And it just tells you if his... If his blood sugar is not within range, either high or low, um, you know, we start hearing noises, you know, different noises for different things. Um, and and um, it, it basically, it's it helps me relax because I know that it's going to make noise if there's something I need to do. Yeah. And that's really how, you know, I did, haven't really explained too much about it, but that's the mechanism of being able to like kind of move on and, and live is mm-hmm. having something that um, you just know when this happens, this is the mode you go into. These are the next check part, you know, things you need to do next. Um, and so at first having something new like that in your life is like, it is 
absolutely overwhelming and not having all the checks and balances and understanding the disease and understanding, um, you know, what apps I need, what sensors he needs on his body, what, you know, not having a pump to give him insulin when he needs it and having to, you know, him, him learning how to give himself needle injections and at the same time, day, he, needs, he needs to watch what he eats and what he takes yeah. into, which he, y- you can't be a part of that either. Or, yeah, I mean. I mean, you can. You can explain to him what he should be doing, but he's a, yeah. he's a kid. He's a kid, yeah. And it goes, it's, 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 I think the most, the biggest change that you don't even under, don't even realize for type 1 diabetics is, it's not that they can't eat something. It's just going to have a, a reaction. It, it, the blood sugar is, is going to go up and how much and how fast and what that does and how long it takes to get it back down um, and what time of day it is and how much stress. There's like 40 different things that, um, you know, are variables in how his blood sugar can react. And so it really is, is, um, is super overwhelming. And I think it, we're now, what, nine months yeah. into it. Um, and so, so the overwhelming has, we're okay. Now. You're okay now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're I think okay. I tried golfing with Anthony last year when you In guys summer, were, when yeah. school, I think, okay. I think it was, yeah, it was in fall. So school just started and I could tell he, like, he was having a hard time focusing on just, just yeah. trying to enjoy what he does best, which is golf. And, <laughs> um, with yeah, I uh, I can't your imagine baby that you've we've been at home, which I, in a way COVID was was the inspiration I'll say for his type one because it's a um, it's a uh, immune response, so it's a genetic disease, it's genetic um, autoimmune disease, yeah, but it's an immune response that brings on that disease when it, the onset happens, and so um, makes sense, right? Uh, a big virus like COVID, yeah. Um, there have been not just him. I mean, it's it's been there's studies and things coming out, and that we won't know for a little while all the numbers. But um, how many more onsets have happened since the COVID virus, you know, the, uh, has has been in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So um, those onsets are happening because immune response, high immune response, um, starts kind of like the ticking clock on your pancreas stopping working. So that's what it is. You know, that's what type one diabetes is. It's your pancreas is s- shutting down. Um, and in- insulin is a hormone that you have to have to control your blood sugar. So, um, if you know, PSA for parents <laughs> out there, if your child is all of a sudden having to go to the bathroom all the time or super thirsty all the time, super hungry all the time, and you think it, it, it comes on and you think, we thought he had a growth spurt. We thought, you know, well, some boys, you know, he didn't really have trouble potty training. He was really good at it. But, you know, it just hap- there's times, right? right. Um, we had all these things. And it was, you know, he wasn't at school. It was COVID. So it wasn't like we were monitoring how many times he went to the bathroom. And he was old enough to go to by himself. So if they're younger and you got to take him to the bathroom and or you have to change diapers, you're like, you can see it because this can be diagnosed at birth. It could be two months. There's, gotcha. I mean, it's crazy. We actually feel like we had a really good time frame. He's old enough to comprehend things. He's still not rebelling again, you know, against, oh, I want to eat whatever I want. Uh-huh, I want sure. You know, kind of thing. Um, but, but yeah, so our, I'm, I've kind of gone on a crazy tangent, but That's good. Um, he's got a monitor on his arm now. Well, you were kind of saying, sorry, you were saying, oh, oh yeah, like you, if your child was, is, oh, e- is eating a lot. Yeah. Just uh-huh. kind of the, um, eating a lot. What did you, I guess, what did you learn? What did you learn? Bed wedding, which is no fun, but that's like part of it too. Um, and Anthony was talking to his functional medicine doctor, shout out to, uh, Brett Baxter, Mr. Baxter. Baxter. We all Um, love Mr. Baxter. Yeah. 
he was talking, he was talking with him and he's just like, it's just kind of different. I don't know what's going on. And we had been seeing it, but you know, it wasn't extreme. Um, we hadn't got to, uh, a point where some people, they find out when their kid has diabetes because uh, they go into DKA, D, um, diabetic ketoacidosis. And so that's like, um, like, uh, when you're, I guess having seizures or in mm. your bed and you can't wake them up or you don't know. Yeah. Mm. Bad stuff. Yeah. Um, that's when uh, sometimes kids are diagnosed and they're rushed to the emergency room. So we have been noticing this. Anthony's talking with Brett about some of this stuff. And he's like, you know, let's just bring him in and let's, let's see. Brings him in the next one. He's like, okay, tomorrow fast tonight, tomorrow we'll, we're going to do a blood test, a uh, 12 hour fast. And um, I, he thought it could be, he, that's what he thought it was. And he thought it was um, juvenile diabetes, type one diabetes. And, um, did it, his blood sugar was completely out it. of range Yeah, and yeah, from there we actually pulled him from, he was with, uh, with friends at the pool uh-huh. when Anthony and I went to go meet with, with Brett and <sighs> I don't know how the kid was functioning so high cause uh, such high blood sugar. Most people crash would, would be brain fog would just, it wouldn't be, they wouldn't be their normal selves. We picked him up, took him to the emergency room. He was like, what's going on? He had had like some candy at the pool. You do that. Uh You know, you go to the pool. I want candy. Candy at the pool with friends. And his blood sugar was 630 something. I mean, this is just like, I don't know if you, if you don't know numbers, that's absolutely skyrocketing. Right now, my app, the high point is 400. Okay. He was 600 (laughs) and he was just totally fine. And so, you know, we are really blessed that, um, we had someone that helped us recognize those symptoms that we got him in. He's never had an extreme high where he had DK. He's never had extreme low. He doesn't know what it looks like. The scary things look like. Yeah. We had to talk to him about it because we wanted him to follow the rules, <laughs> you know, and following the rules means we know what, how many carbs are in every single thing that goes in your mouth. You can never take a bite of something without knowing again. And that's crazy for a child. Like yeah. it's, it was, um, but now it's just how it is. Like when we know, and we're more. I'm aware. just trying to regulate sugar intake with my kids for breakfast every morning. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, why are you having just a drop waffle? Cereal, drop, yeah. You're having a waffle and orange juice. Yeah, we're having orange and uh, you know, yeah. a, a pastry. I'm like, no, you're having sugar and sugar, sugar. on sugar. Yes, <laughs> it's crazy. Well, and you don't really think about it. And I never looked at carbs. You know, if, if I ever dieted or if I ever like watched my you know, what I was eating, it was, it was calories, you know, um, yeah, sure. or fat, calories and fat. Right. So carbs were kind of like a foreign thing to me. And like, even if something does have sugar in it, it had plenty of carbs in it. And so, um, it's crazy. The kid taught us about, um, keto, <laughs> keto diet, because uh-huh. when he first found out he didn't, he didn't want to take insulin shots. What, why would you want to stab yourself with a needle over and over again all day? Yeah. And so he was just not eating carbs and, um, he felt great. His doctor, you know, we would go to the three month and there he was, they were like, wow, this is like maybe the best A1C I've ever seen. It's like, he doesn't have diabetes and he was hardly taking any insulin at that time. Wow. It was crazy. It's like, you can, it's not like you can heal. You can't, they don't have a cure yet. They're working on, um, genetics and understanding the onset and how to slow it down. Cause it's your pancreas attacking itself, you know, your cells attacking your pancreas. Um, but um, he basically, I mean, if he kept on that 
his in range would be amazing and because he's just not having to chase you get your blood sugar up and you're trying to chase it with insulin sugar works much faster than insulin to get it back down mm-hmm. so like he has to know what he's eating take his insulin 15 minutes before he eats puts it in his mouth you know so everything is calculated everything's accounted for in his app everything's and you know the, the technology is actually pretty I was, amazing yeah i was i was curious like what you know how far has the technology and the understanding of all this come in like you know oh, gosh. in the last 10 years i mean what was what, what would be the the lifestyle for a child 20 years ago for somebody struggling with this what, what oh would that gosh. have looked like I constantly poking, I'm sure constantly taking finger sticks. And he does, we do some finger sticks. Um, in the beginning we were doing finger sticks constant because you you want to know where you're at, where you're at, where you're at. Yeah. Are you okay? Is he fine? Is he, is he not fine? You know? And so his poor fingers were just like poked full, <laughs> which is what it would have been. Oh or you just didn't manage it well, you know? Yeah. And, and, or you didn't know you, what you didn't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's what I think about for poor parents <laughs> 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Oh my gosh. 40 years ago, they're just, you wouldn't have had, you wouldn't have been able to know where your kid was at. The likelihood of them going too low from overdose, like insulin overdose is, is very, it isn't even called overdose. It's just like you have too much insulin and you're, you're dropping and then, you know, you can, um, basically pass out and, you know, on both sides you can, it's fatal, right? So in certain circumstances. And so, um, not ha- not having the ability to know that information about my child, I, I feel so blessed that yeah. we can just look at our app and it works. And it's, I can't even imagine. It would be so easy to, to g- easily give him. We've had times where we miscalculated, but we see it happening. We see him dropping, you know, and yeah. he wouldn't have known. I mean, your, your kid could be at school and they take insulin or you maybe would have had to drive to school to give them insulin. I don't know what that would have looked like way back then. Um, and the, and the technology on how you deliver the insulin, the pod, he has got a Bluetooth pod stuck to his little bum, which is, <laughs> he doesn't like me talking. I'm sorry, Ben. Um, he won't hear this. You have to have fat and the, the kid doesn't have any fat anywhere on his body uh-huh. except for his, his butt. Uh-huh. So, um, he's got that thing stuck on there and, and although it's annoying to him and we've got to like tape it down so it doesn't get messed up and yeah. every three days we've got to fill it up and change it. At least he's, he doesn't have to stick himself all the time, you know, and give himself insulin. Um, if you look and back blue, and it's Bluetooth, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just, Bluetooth. that's just nuts. Yeah. It's Bluetooth. And we have, um, we have looped now, um, which was a little bit complicated. I feel like super smart. Like I'm all techie because <laughs> you've been forced to be, techie. I've been forced to be techie. I had to, had to, it's not FDA approved yet to loop his, uh, his, uh, monitor that tells us what his blood sugar is at to his pump, um, and have it tell it what to do. So I don't have to, we don't have to calculate it as much. It's really a little bit more hands off, you know, we still worry, but, um, that is, is the coolest thing too. And that's just, and that's just behind because of COVID that would have already been FDA approved. I wouldn't have to create the app from some directions online. <laughs> so Well, hopefully but. that gives you hope too, that it's just, we're, you know, we're, oh, yeah. we're, we're rapidly, you know, pick, the technology is going fast and, it is. you know, his lifestyle can somewhat normal it i guess is. in the future thank yeah, you for being absolutely. good parents yeah i we it's are a lot we uh we it's funny because locally there's not like a chapter it's um the jdrf uh, junior diabetes research fund maybe is the acronym but it's basically like the uh, association and what you 
get information from. There's one in Kansas City, but we've been talking about where we're like, we need to have, there's, there's more kids. There was actually one, another child diagnosed in fourth grade at Marlette where Wilt Ben's at. So gotcha. Um, there's, there's gotta be more and we just don't know each other here in town. So that's something on my list. I'm like, you know, I, a lot of people reached out to me when, as we slowly told, but we actually haven't, you know, reached out to others and to help. And it is such a transition. I, a good six months before you feel like you are going to be okay. You know, like you're functional and your family's going to be okay. And the kid's going to survive. And that kind yeah. of thing. So I, I, that's what that's next on my list. Yeah. To, Get a little Facebook group going. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. That's really cool. Thanks for letting me share that. That I was really good. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, that's, Again, this is what I want, you know, <laughs> this is my hope is that, you know, we're real people who are, you know, this is our job might be selling homes, but, you know, we're, we're excited about putting relationships first. And, um, I know it's all cliche and everything, but it just, it's, it's really good to know where people are at. So one, you know, so people yeah. can care for one another, um, the only, the, you know, one thing I was, the only thing I wanted to kind of move on to is I, I asked your husband, what are you excited about or what do you love and what do you hate? And just asked him some random questions. And he was telling me that you are big into craft food and, and craft drinks. He could, he could have been totally off base on this one. Does that hit you at all? I think, yeah, I think what he mean, I've never heard the term craft food. (laughs) That's the term term he used. Craft drinks, I think is a common thing. Yeah. Are you a cocktail gal? uh, I like... I am. I am. I really am. But are you a you know, functioning alcoholic, no. Esther? <laughs> no, I. I think what he means by that, what, why he said craft, is because um, I like things to be amazing. Like, okay. I don't want to just go have a beer. Uh, go. Let's go. That's, bo- that's boring, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, why? Why would I mean? But have you gone to the Manhattan Brewing Company? Yes. Oh and my I, gosh. No, and when I say I don't like to have beer, I mean I want to craft beer uh-huh. i want a specific thank like, you manhattan local... brewing company yes. for what you're doing right now yes. your space is awesome and your beers are delicious yes they are and and don't get me wrong when i said a beer i meant like i don't want to just like let's, i don't go somewhere to just go have a Coors light you mm-hmm. know what i mean like maybe when i was in college but i don't know i want to have like an experience i want it i want the presentation I want it to taste amazing. I want to feel better. I don't want to feel gross afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> which it's, it's all about the ingredients. And then that's probably what he's coming with it with the um, the food situation because along with that kind of comes well the pairings. I want to have like something yummy to eat while I'm you know if we go to a if we go to a bigger city where there's a lot of options which I want to say shout out to Pool House and shout out to Arrow. Um, yeah. Like Ben. Ben and Rachel Motley. You guys are amazing. <laughs> I, they're making I, great I, drinks yes yes yeah and coffee yep. i mean like everything they touch is phenomenal mm-hmm. like everything that's awesome and so yeah um the cultures like, are like everyone's very... gonna listen to this so <laughs> <laughs> the but. cultures are really cool in those environments as yes. well yeah they've done a great job and, and we and and that's that's important because i think we lost harry's which mm-hmm. i think was I'm a, I, one of my favorite places to eat and drink, and uh, we got to make sure COVID doesn't kill everybody's business no in way. Manhattan. No, we uh, we have been trying to 
in all situations uh, in all forms as soon as they were open back up to to go out there if it's sitting outside if it's behind their cool like have you been in there the, the shower curtains that are hanging and like the I haven't spots it's I cool. haven't okay we're going I wish uh, <laughs> I wish my wife drank more Corey please <laughs> but she can't she but so you know she, she also has an autoimmune disease that okay. she she's she's battling Sjogren's right now and it's oh like gosh. citrus um such bad at this but many things that like uh, things acidic. will especially alcohol will irritate yes. her and it's like one little one little sip or anything drops her i'm like oh that stinks yeah whereas i have an iron belly and i can just like throw anything in there and i'll be <laughs> fine um yeah. and she already cut i mean she's already cut like dyes and msg and all that right yes okay yes but, I, but it's learn but she's learning and that's the problem with these autoimmune it's like we don't know exactly everything, right? Yeah. It's kind of this like, oh, well, today I have a rash. Mm -hmm. What made that rash? I thought I was doing good. and Or I'm really tired. I have no idea. You know, it's so that's the frustration. Is, this is, I think that some of my growth, <laughs> my growth in my, and what I want to drink and eat um, has come from all the things I've learned about put, what you put in your body and mm -hmm. how that makes you feel and how it affects you. Mm -hmm. So I'm not willing to give up yummy food and alcohol <laughs> right but you put in nice ingredients that either made there or single they know everything that's in it yeah not red dye 40 not msg not which would be in salty things not drinks but um not hydrous corn syrup that are in these mixers that you buy that will make you feel horrible i mean maybe not today yeah. but yeah. once your body's done with it and decides I'm, I'm over it. But see, Esther, yeah. you know, people like me, we're just <laughs> comfortable with being, feeling horrible and uh, we're just okay with that. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> it sounds like a personal problem. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, but you don't, you, you, I'm sure you felt it before when you're like, wow, this, I feel better after this yummy indulgence than I did after this yummy indulgence. I think the college me in me would say, well, I had tequila tonight or, you know, I oh, had, but like yes, I, alcohol I, specific. Yeah, yeah, I agree though. Like <laughs> if you have cheap gin or cheap vodka or yeah. cheap whiskey. Um, and almost more the mix that what you're putting with it. So what, what is the, is there a go-to like, I got it, like, this is what I got to have. If you go to Arrow Cocktail Lounge, okay. you gotta have their house G and T. They make their tonic, like uh. which sounds weird. They schooled me. I love to learn about this stuff too, and they are awesome. A lot of carbs, a lot of carbs and tonic. There are a lot Esther, of carbs and tonic. And you are keto right now. Right now, so <laughs> I'm in my keto. They period. do make diet tonic, by the way. Oh yes, it, it doesn't taste as very good, but but house meat tonic is something completely different, and it's like. It's a throwback to going, oh, they call this tonic because like this would have been like a prescription, like, you know, a tonic, like yeah. something you like back in the day, it was alcohol, you know, that was like a prescribed, the doctor would give you some. Right. I go to the pharmacist and get the soda fountain and get some it. tonic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they make their own tonic, which is not like tonic off of a gun or in a little, you know, Pepsi bottle uh -huh. or whatever. Um, it is something that takes time. And um, it's like orangey color. Okay. You can buy it. This is what we're doing tonight. You got to do it. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. It's it's awesome. And um, it's yummy. It doesn't taste like you think it would taste. And you, it'll change you forever. Okay. Last part. Last part of this section. Okay. You are starting a new career. You're diving into real estate. How, how did you decide real estate? Um, how was it for a mom of three um, to try to start a new career. What, what was that? I'm curious in how, 
what was in your headspace when when you were making those decisions? What were you thinking? Not having a paycheck, Esther. Like, why? <laughs> why did you do this? Uh, is that what you're asking me? <laughs> well, I, I think of more of no, like, I'm I think a lot of people deal with identity crisis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe that's a more extreme term, but like, what? Who am I now? You mm -hmm. know, if I'm getting out of this if I'm getting out of this profession, what am I going to do? And what's me? And yeah. you know, all that wrapped in. Did, I guess what was your journey like that? Yeah. Um, it was, it, okay, so we talked about earlier, it was tough because I have been a, I have a paycheck, I work for a big company, companies are, big companies are stable, the bigger the better, because, yeah. you know, it's almost like a military outlook, except not military, because my parents were like, you don't need to do that, don't do it. <laughs> um, we did it, we had to. Um, but, so, I, w my my last career, I, I was a consultant. I mean, if the basic terms, the basic function, I was, I was consulting. I listened to the pains and understood what people needed and could give an outside perspective and a plan of action and help them achieve what they wanted to achieve. And that I loved it. And so that's perfect. It's the same. Right? It, well, I, I mean, mean, different, it's, it's different, di different topics. problems, different solutions, but yeah. Um, yeah. So that's great. That's, that's what, and, and I think that I had, I initially didn't see it. I did initially did not see real estate as being what I should do. But when people close to me were, the, were when I was like, what am I going to do? What should I do? That's what people were saying, you know, several, and, and I say people, my mom and my husband, right? Yeah. Like people who are close to you are like, you should do this. And, and I kind of naysayed it a bit. I was like, gosh, that's like, you know, I don't know how that would work. I, there's no pay. It's really, it was like, there's no paycheck. I've there's always no had paycheck. A paycheck. That's right. Like there's no paycheck. The worst, the worst time in a real estate in a realtor's career is when you don't have any deals going on. <laughs> yeah. You're out of a Which job. Which is where you start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, but then when I, you know, so I kind of went with like asking them why and what they thought. And then I thought about what that process looks like, you know, working with people and how much I have, thought about and wanted to do something like I said earlier was that was connected with my personal life with the community that I love mm -hmm. um it was a big deal for me I talked about this earlier to decide that I'm not gonna just jump around my whole life I'm committed yeah I'm committed to Manhattan I'm committed to this community I love it here like I'm landlocked I've always lived on the ocean but I'm I'm making this decision because it's amazing you know place to be amazing place to raise your family so um, that was kind of my, I don't know if that answered the question. That's great. Um, no, I, uh, it's but, good. I, yeah. I just, uh, I've been doing this profession since I, we didn't have money. And so I just never knew I, you know, I, and I always deal with people <laughs> that are like maybe pondering the, um, the jump into real estate and, uh, it's difficult. It is difficult, but, um, I, the secret sauce that people have a hard time swallowing is that, you can be very successful. You can work harder than other people and you can win. And, uh, you know, the only person that can fire you, Esther, is yourself. Yeah. And that's a luxury that um, I'm very happy to have. And I'm not sure if I, no matter what the pay, pay was, I'm not sure how I could go to a nine to five where um, I didn't have that flexibility just to work for myself. So, yeah. I, and I didn't say awesome. flexibility. That's awesome. That's oh, gotta be, I mean, you know, I mean, we just talked about Ben and, yeah. and what that looks like. And so that's huge yeah. as well too. Well, I, I think 
we accomplished what we wanted to accomplish today. Thank you for coming into yeah. the podcast room with Detox. This was such a cool space. Yeah. We're, <laughs> it's a little cold. I saw you shivering over there. We're going to have to get a space heater in there or something. Um, Keep me awake. Thank you for sharing uh, your life. Everybody out there, please call Esther for your real estate needs Aww. and um, obviously even some medical advice you can probably <laughs> give. And uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks.